Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Enlighten Me podcast. I'm your host, Mackenzie, and you are listening to episode 98 of the show. Before we dive in today, I want to take a second to thank a sponsor who is helping to make this show possible. Today's show is made possible by Paper Culture. Through contemporary design and personalized products, Paper Culture is working to solve the climate crisis one card at a time. Paper Culture provides customers with quality, stationary products while keeping the environment in mind. Everything at Paper Culture is printed on eco-friendly materials like 100% post-consumer recycled paper, and the brand is carbon neutral by practicing carbon offsetting efforts. Not only that, but Paper Culture plants a tree for every single order they receive. At Paper Culture, they design for a world of trees because they fear for a world without them. Use the link in the show notes to shop Paper Culture today. Welcome back to the show, friends. If you're a weekly listener, you know I took a few weeks off for some much-needed time of rest. It was so great to take a little break, but I'm also stoked to be back because I have a really good, really important conversation to share with you today. In my opinion, human trafficking is one of the most critical issues facing our world today. It's happening everywhere, no matter where you live, and it can happen to anyone. It's 2021, human slavery should not still be happening. And as you'll hear today, the more we educate ourselves on it and keep talking about it, the more empowered we are to fight against it. I am honored to share with you today someone who is working hard to do just that, Rasha Hamad. Rasha founded the nonprofit organization Youth Underground in 2018. When she realized that we needed to start empowering our youth and equipping them with knowledge rather than trying to hide the evils of trafficking from them. She's on the show today to educate us on human trafficking, like the different forms that it takes, where it happens, who it happens to, and how. But this is just part one. She'll be back next week to tell us about what Youth Underground is up to to fight this heinous act and how we can all be a part of the solution. Make sure while you're listening, you check out Youth Underground's resources, and don't forget about leaving a rating and a review for the show. Ratings and reviews help me so much. They help more people to find the show, they help people in need because I donate $2 for every review I receive, and they help me to feel good about myself. So please, take a few minutes to write one. I would also love it if you'd share the show with friends. This is the kind of episode that everyone, and I literally mean everyone, needs to hear. So do your part and share this episode to get the conversation started. Post online that you're listening and tag me and tag Youth Underground, and make sure you're subscribed to the show too so that you know when part two is available next week. All right, friends, here's what you've been waiting for, my conversation with Rasha. All right, Rasha, thank you for coming on the podcast and welcome. Thank you, Mackenzie. It's great to be here. Yeah, absolutely. So great to have you. Can you start, before we jump into the questions, can you start with introducing yourself for everybody? Sure. So my name is Rasha Hamad and I'm actually um, based in, in Geneva, Switzerland. So I'm, I'm, uh, that's where I am. I'm, I'm from Geneva and I am founder and CEO of uh, Youth Underground, which is a an association focused on educating youth about human trafficking. And I'm open to any questions you have outside youth, youth on the Yeah, ground. yeah, absolutely. I guess I, I did see that you were a Swiss-based organization, but I didn't know if you were mm-hmm. actually from Sweden originally. So you are. Mm-hmm. Or Switzerland. Yeah, Switzerland. <laughs> Correct, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Switzerland, but yeah, we were incorporated here, and I'm, I'm from Geneva, I, I Grew up, spent most of my life here, put it that way, and um, okay. and so we, we we created Youth Underground in in Switzerland. That's where our our headquarters are, but we work uh, globally. Okay, awesome. That's so cool. I will say just on a non 
human trafficking related note that I love Switzerland. I have I haven't actually been to Geneva, but um, we spent some time in Interlaken, and it was our favorite place that we visited out of all of Western Europe. I would say it's just so beautiful. It is. It is. It's. It is wonderful because it's. Um. You've got. Uh... Apart from the beach, we don't have the beach, but we have a lake right. in Geneva, and that helps just to have yes. um, that. And there's the mountains, and you know, there's a bit of of everything. And then Geneva itself is very international, which is really which is really nice that you have uh-huh. people from all over the world because you've got all the United Nations offices and and um, headquarters here. Most of them, obviously, right? Um, so right. so you have a lot. It's, it's a very international community, and it's um and it's and it's great for that. Yeah, perfect. And definitely great for the work that you do. So yeah, tell us a little bit about Youth Underground and your role with the organization. Sure. So Youth Underground is an organization that that our objective is to is to focus on education to prevent human trafficking. We believe education is where the prevention of human trafficking begins. So it is really about youth education about human trafficking. And we believe, and I I mean, obviously I'm, I'm speaking on behalf of, of the organization, is that the more you know, the, the better choices you can make, you know. The idea yeah. that we have is that in, in at Youth Underground is that we share facts and we share information to young people. And when I mean young people, it's really essentially tweens, teenagers, and and young, well, young adults. I mean, it depends what definition you use, but it's really early 20s, but it's, mm-hmm. it's across the board. But that's our main, our target group, basically, are, are school-age children and okay. early university students. And, and by sharing the facts, we feel that that you can, you know, you can protect yourself. The more you know, the more knowledge you know, the more the you can act upon what you know, as opposed to mm-hmm. people thinking that the less you, you know, a lot of parents kind of would say, we don't want our kids to know about human trafficking because it's such an overwhelming mm-hmm. subject. So we want to protect them by not sharing yeah. any of the information. So we have the re- kind of the reverse psychology. We believe that if you share the information, then the better off people are and the better off youth are and they can protect themselves. Mm-hmm. So we're very open about the information we share. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a really cool. We thing. focus on empowerment, actually. Yeah. You know, the more the more the more knowledge you have, the more empowered you are. Yes, I could not agree more. That's great. And um, I just want to ask, how did you, as, uh, I think I'm right in saying that you're the founder of the organization. So how did you kind of get the idea to, to start this? I was working for uh, an organization. My background is communication. So it has not, it's nothing to do with human trafficking, but I've always okay. been interested in, in humanitarian work. But prior to, so I had, I held, a few, you know, policy and communications related roles and positions. But mm-hmm. prior, just prior to creating Youth Underground, I was working for for an organization that focused on on human trafficking, but in in with with the big corporations like Microsoft and Gap and Walmart and you know the 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 corporations that have factories in in outside of their place of origin, their state mm-hmm. of origin. Yeah. And 
and the, it was really mo monitoring what the workers, how the workers were treated and, you know, making sure that they were well treated, basically. So I found that I found that interesting. That was my first experience with human trafficking. And I was actually hired by this uh, organization to do the communications work. They were organizing a big event when, and I was doing all the media work. So I was working with the media and there were a few um, young young people there. I mean, there was a youth, there was a youth kind of program. And it, I, I found that the, the youth in general initially were, were coached to say what they wanted to say. And I found that really strange. I like the whole thing about being young and having, having the younger generation is to, is that they're spontaneous and they say what they feel and what they think. So it was like having young adults there. It was, it was, it was a bit, I didn't, I didn't really like the dynamic. I like the principle of having youth listen to a subject like human trafficking, but um, I, I thought that having, uh, I didn't think that they were celebrated as, as young people, as the young people that they were. So basically I put together um, a program for youth within the, the NGO. They, they hired me, they asked me if I wanted to continue working full time. I said yes, and I worked with, with the youth. And, and then a few years later, I, I said, you know, the youth have a voice. I started working, you know, we co-created actually a social media platform and it just exploded, you know, it just, mm -hmm. the, the youth interest was, was there. So I decided, you know, I said, I, I tried it out for a few months, left the organization and, and said, um, youth, the youth need to have a voice. So the, the idea behind Youth Underground was basically um, having a human rights platform so so young people can express themselves about whatever they wanted to express themselves, whatever was of interest to them. Mm -hmm. But they were really interested in human trafficking. So mm -hmm. I created that in 2015. It was just mm -hmm. the right team, the right people, the right, you know, and everything kind of comes together. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that's, um, that's how we started. Mm -hmm. I love that. What a neat story. And I we're going to talk more about the work that you do kind of later on in the interview, but I want to make sure we sure. talk uh, a lot about just the issue of human trafficking in general. Mm -hmm. And I might have mentioned this to you before, but I've done one other interview on this topic, but it's one that I've said, like, I'll do as many interviews as I can on this because I think Mm -hmm. I just feel like we can't talk about it enough, you know, and can't learn like there's there's just still so much for me to learn, even though I feel like I've I've done quite a bit of research on it. So I just feel like there's right. always more to know on the topic. So I guess if anybody doesn't fully know what we're talking about when we say human trafficking, uh, how would you define it and maybe tell us about the different forms it can take? Because I know there's a few different ways sure. that people are trafficked. There's um there's a UN definition which is an official definition but I'll mm -hmm. I'll skip that I'll make I'll make it very very <laughs> simple it's okay. really it's human trafficking is basically exploiting another per, uh, human being for the purpose of making money so mm -hmm. it's it's using a person through what you call fraud or coercion meaning that you're misleading that person into thinking okay you're going to do this kind of work but you're doing, you end up by hiring that person or taking that person and, and using that person for, for something completely different. And the salary that, that is supposed to go to that person goes to the trafficker. 
So, mm -hmm. for example, I if I wanted I wanted to make money off somebody, I would go to a trafficker and I would say, okay, I can I can I can get this this sixteen year old, and he or she can do whatever like stealing, you know. And so the trafficker would say, okay, so I get I get money, I get the commission, but then the child, the 16, 17-year-old would go with the trafficker and will be stuck with the trafficker, cannot escape, and all the money that, that the teen makes goes to the trafficker. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And the thing about, about trafficking is like when you, when you talk about drugs, for example, you can consume drugs only once but with right. with a human being you can the thing is about trafficking which is so horrific is that is that you can you use a person over and over and over again and mm -hmm. there are different forms which which I can I can give examples there's for example sex trafficking which is using a person for the purpose of of sex so a person can be you can have somebody and put that person in a room and you say okay you're going to have I mean, this is trigger warning, but it's it's really it's it's that it's the reality. But it's you can have you're gonna have twenty clients today. You have to have sex with twenty people, mm -hmm. say okay, and and the money will go to to me. So that mm -hmm. the the person who's actually having performing the acts does not get anything. Mm -hmm. It's like a slave. There's labor trafficking, which is another form, which we we talk a lot about as well it's um it's for example working in construction you know when you've got you're working for again somebody we've got very long hours your papers are taken but you don't get the salary or you get really a, just an amount to to be able to survive mm -hmm. but you don't have working hours you're working you're working 7 days a week and so on you're really pushed to the limit of what you can do and then there are other forms like domestic servitude is having housekeepers, somebody in the house. But again, the, the idea is working long hours, you don't have a, a contract, your papers are taken so you can't escape and, and you're, you're stuck. Mm -hmm. Then there's organ harvesting, like selling you know mm -hmm. your organs to make money, um, child marriage, forced marriage. That's considered slavery because a child is not uh, mature enough to to make a choice of being married. So mm -hmm. that's like slavery. It's like being a slave to usually it's a it's a it's a girl to with a young with a with an older man, mm -hmm. but it can go both ways. But usually in terms of child marriage, it's it's usually a girl and an older man. Mm -hmm. And then the last one is child soldiers when you find areas in in conflict zones. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've seen the the film Blood Diamond a, yeah. long, a long time yeah. ago with Leonardo yeah, that's that's that you know, like to, for the diamond industry, you you have a lot of kids that that work in in you know to further diamonds or or to get that's an example or mining or but then they're also used as soldiers right. and they're so that's an in conflict area. Mm -hmm. So you those are the various forms. Mm -hmm. So it's really using another person to make money. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I mean. I feel like um, sex trafficking kind of is at the forefront of maybe just what we see in media or like for that's always what I think about when yeah. I think of human trafficking. So it's a really good reminder that there are so many different kinds and it seems like 
children are so often the victims of it. Is that right? Is it mostly children or what would you say? It's yeah, children children are the main are the main targets of human trafficking, all kinds of human trafficking. Uh-huh. I mean the all the ones I listed them. And then in terms of sex trafficking, yes, definitely it is it's something that that's in the media a lot because it's um first of all in the US it's very prevalent it's the it's the US is the highest consumer and producer of child sexual abuse material you oh, know wow. so that's something yeah 52% of all sexual abuse and sex trafficking material with children is produced and consumed in the US which is something people don't know yeah. they think it happens in in other countries yeah. so sex traffic because yeah the main media the prominent media are US based you'll find that sex trafficking is what's always pretty much in the headlines. You don't talk about, you know, housekeeping and that kind of thing. But but depending where you are, you're right, it does happen. But there's one thing I want to, I really want to add is that sex trafficking happens to to boys and girls. Uh Although, again, you get the impression it's only, it's a girl's issue, but it's not. Uh It happens to boys and girls. Boys are are trafficked for sex as well. Uh Uh And is that... Not that I only want to talk about the U.S., but that that's as an American citizen, that's pretty shocking to me. I did not know that about the U.S. And is that yeah, mostly yeah, because of absolutely. pornography? Is that the main reason? It is pornography. Yeah. I mean, it, the U.S. is the highest consumer and producer of pornography. Okay. Well, that makes sense then. And oh. Yeah. So, that yeah, absolutely. Wow. 52% yeah. of yeah. all porn is made in the U.S., Wow, that's that's so shocking. And consumed in the U.S. Consumed in the U.S. Because you've got the main porn sites who are based in Canada, but oh. they're consumed by by Americans, hmm. and they're sold in the U.S. Okay, yeah, wow. But that doesn't mean that the that those involved in because you've got you know you've got um, children that are trafficked mm-hmm. that are sex trafficked and they're filmed against. And that's what's so wrong. Mm-hmm. People think that when you're talking about pornography, it's you know consensual and it's they're actors and but that's not the case. It's not all you know. Most of them are children that are that are that are used that are filmed having sex acts, which is which is horrific. And 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 kids can come from anywhere in the world, but the consumption they're sold. These films are sold in the U.S. essentially. Wow. Well, that's very good to know. <laughs> I feel like I should yeah. have been more aware of that statistic. That's that's pretty crazy. People don't talk about it. It's not something that because it's it's disturbing, you know. It is anything that's yeah. disturbing puts you know just is not. It doesn't make people very very comfortable. And then when you have this information, you you the thing is once you know this, then you you need you feel you need to do something about it. And people don't know where to start, Mm -hmm. you know, so, Mm -hmm. um, but it is disturbing. Absolutely. It's disturbing. Yeah, it is. And I know, I mean, obviously I can only speak from my perspective, but from what I've heard, uh, uh, it tends to be even more of a taboo subject here in the, in the States, just talking about sex in general tends to be a lot more taboo Mm -hmm. than it is in like parts of Europe and whatnot. And, 
And so I think that's part of why it's surprising too, because I remember going on our trip, we went to Germany and we were in a hotel room and just flipping through the channels and there was porn on the TV. And mm-hmm. I was like, what? Because <laughs> in the US, yeah, you don't right. find that you're just right. on you're like right. basic Absolutely. cable. Yeah. That's true. And so I almost think there's something to be said for, um, and this is, I think, part of your mission and why you want to empower youth with the knowledge is that the more afraid we are to talk about it, the, the worse it's going to be. Like, I think you know, we in the US, I talk about this all the time. In the US, we have like the highest teen pregnancy rates out of the civilized world. Mm. And it's like, we're the ones that are the most afraid to talk about it. And because we're not having those important conversations, we're seeing the outcome of that in our youth being uneducated on it. And so that's why the conversations like these are so important. Yeah, I think absolutely. Absolutely. I think, you know, there's one thing to be for sure that in 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 europe people are much more open about porn Mm -hmm. and they they talk about it but the consumption is much less yeah when something is hidden it becomes more appealing yeah it's like the you know when the less you talk about something you feel okay that's something that there's there's something appealing. If you tell somebody, don't do this, you're going to be sure that the person will do that. You know, that kind of the reverse psychology. Yep. But but in, in, in the States, because, because prostitution, for example, is illegal in most states, then it, it becomes more of an underground kind of, it happens, mm-hmm. but it becomes an underground kind of activity. Whereas in Europe, in, in most countries, prostitution is legal. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that trafficking doesn't happen. Of course, it happens. But the fact is that you, your people can talk about it in a more open manner. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make it right, though. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I just don't want to advocate for that. I'm just saying that that what what we feel at, at Youth Underground is that we need to normalize these conversations and not have not have these taboos. You know, so when we do give presentations in in schools, we we really share what human trafficking is all about and mm-hmm. it does involve sex and sex is is disturbing it's like you know for for adults not for kids mm-hmm. not for teenagers because they they talk about it anyway amongst themselves mm-hmm. but but adults feel oh my god i want to protect my child and i don't want my child to know anything about sex but they learn it anyway mm-hmm. so we need to teach them the right way of learning not not use porn as a as a educator mm-hmm. but tell them what a real healthy relationship is mm-hmm. yeah you know so that's what that's what we focus on yeah sharing the truth yeah i love that that's great and i did want to ask one other question something that i've wondered uh with sex trafficking is um i know a lot of times that's talked about with prostitution but obviously, you know, looking at it globally, there are some parts of the world where that's legal. Um, like in the Netherlands, for example, there's legal mm-hmm. sex workers. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming that not all forms of prostitution are, uh, are go back to trafficking or are there ties, you know? There are ties because in, in, some, in, in, in some cases, those that... that our prostitutes are actually involved in in their there's their there's traffic they're being trafficked but but when a client comes or john or whatever you want to call if a person comes and wants to have sex with with somebody he's not going to usually it's a man but he he won't ask is this woman trafficked or not he just he will say i just want to have 
my my time and that's it mm-hmm. but the the problem is that they do they do interlink because you you have prostitutes some of them are actually trafficked okay. and the trafficker gets money off off of that mm-hmm. so it's um it's it's difficult to 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 find the boundaries and i and it when when there is law enforcement and they do get involved mm-hmm. then they can they can you know find out who's got like a permit or who you know who doesn't ids and so on you know mm-hmm. um but other than that it's it's very difficult and they do they do interlink and then also people a lot of people both men and women who are or young adults or teenagers who who are out of the for example sex trafficking they've left it realized that they're on their own and they they don't have any financial resources so they they get into prostitution mm-hmm. to to make money for you know so it's it's very interlinked mhm mhm Okay, that makes sense. Thanks for answering that. Sure. Now, going back to kind of the bigger picture of all forms of trafficking, I mean, it makes sense that for me as an American, like sex trafficking is what I think of more so, whereas someone maybe in like Northern Africa might see more of like child Uh soldiers or child job slavery or that kind of thing. It probably just depends what part of the world you're in and what you're more exposed to, but Mm-hmm. So where or what would you say, like, who would you say are the perpetrators of trafficking? I know that's a big question, but how do you answer that? No, it's it's actually, you know, the, what, there's no profile of a perpetrator. That's the that's the thing. It's not somebody that has a specific profile. You know, when you think of a perpetrator, you think of somebody who's, you know, like a, a bad person or who looks different, who looks mean or aggressive or, but that's what, what's scary about that. And that's why education is so important is that a perpetrator can be anyone can have a, can, he can be somebody, or it can be, first of all, a woman or a man, you know, you think of a man, but that's not always the case. And one example is, you know, the Jeffrey Epstein case, Mm-hmm. his his sidekick was was a woman mm-hmm. she helped him but she also she was the one recruiting the girls so that's that there's no real profile and then they can come from all backgrounds again it can be a lawyer it can be somebody in your church it can be a married person it can be you know mm-hmm. so there is no there is no profile but one thing that's important to know is that when a perpetrator is interested in and usually it's it's a it's a child it's a minor they will what they will do is that they will be very nice as opposed to being mean they will be very nice in the beginning because and that's called grooming because they want that child to feel or that minor to feel needed you know mm-hmm. and they they can love bomb them and give tell them give them compliments and saying you're the best thing that happened to me and i really need you and and that kind of thing so it's not somebody who's who's big and bad it's somebody who's actually giving you a lot of attention and then who validates you and you feel gosh this is you know i feel great and then once they they have that control then their behavior changes and they become then controlling, you know. So that's that's what that's another misconception is that perpetrators are are 
big and terrible people. Uh -huh. Obviously, there are a few that are. Um, there's no question there's a large percentage. But in general, it's those who, who attract your attention by being very nice and mm -hmm. very and and feed on on the fact that perhaps you're a little vulnerable you want a bit more attention you know mm -hmm. that kind of thing mm -hmm. so that's what again education mm -hmm. you know you just have to know that and you have to know that that if if somebody reaches out to you you have to know who that person is if if it's some somebody on social media are, are you having video calls or not why not mm -hmm. where where do they live you know kind of get basic information and and never meet a stranger alone basically yeah yeah, yeah absolutely i i think that might kind of partly answer my next question but um i guess just something i've wondered is why trafficking is so hard to control and not just that but from what i know like at an all-time high in history especially i mean you know, it's one thing to talk about like less developed countries or countries that have corrupt governments. But what about countries that are more developed and that seem so sophisticated mm -hmm. and to have so many resources and law enforcement and all these things. And yet we like can't get control over these issues. So why do you think it continues to be so pervasive? That's such a good question. It's a really good question because that's what's so frustrating is you, I mean, the information is there and you're mm -hmm. like, why can't it be controlled? And it yeah. can't be controlled. It's being controlled. But what's, you know, the, the thing about trafficking is that it's an underground, it's an, it's a covert trade. It's something, mm -hmm. it's not open. It's something that happens, you know, in a, in a hidden, in a hidden manner. So mm -hmm getting the right information um, is very difficult. And mm -hmm. that's why it's so important to keep talking about it. It's like once you shine a, a light on, it's like having insects, you know, for example, and they're, they're in the dark. Once you put a torch on them, they, they scatter away, you know. Mm -hmm. The more we talk about it and the more we shine a light on it, the less it will be. We, the, and one thing is, uh, another thing I would add is that it, there's a lot of demand for example, sex, there's a lot of demand for it, mm -hmm. you know, or labor or, you know, you know, when there are big companies, what we need to, what we need to do is have governments hold them accountable and say, you know, and, and, and talk about it, talk mm -hmm. about it. Because when companies have, for example, if they use workers or they use, for whatever reason, if it's work labor or if it's sex trafficking they they can do they can use people for sex housekeepers you know um they're all interlinked but if if companies or or governments use people in that manner they need to, we need to talk about them all the more and when people know about them their their legitimacy will go down if you have a company for example that let me just simplify if you have a company for example that hires workers and you know that the workers are are being mistreated but nobody's doing anything about it. Once you have that information and you, you, it, it gets blown out and it, it's into the media and, and then people will, will generally now in our day and age, they will not find that company credible mm -hmm. and they will do something about it. There's a lot more talk about it. So I think mm -hmm. the, the, the problem with that basically is that it's a hidden crime and that's why we have to keep talking about it. And that's why more and more people, like even with the Me Too movement, 
are you know it's it's the more you talk about something the more you realize no this is not right we need to do something about it mm-hmm. so i see a change i see a shift and i think covid has the fact is that there was a lot of uh, you know people had a lot of time to to look at information look and see what's going on understanding a little bit more reading perhaps a little bit more listening to the news although there's a lot of misinformation out there but nevertheless at least you know you're hearing a lot more than now than when you did perhaps a few years ago and and people want to take action i think it's time and then there's something else that's important is that when you talk about the shift major you know shift in in and the big movements like for example climate control you know or climate change sorry you've got for example Greta Thunberg who's Swedish who's a teenager who mm-hmm. led it and brought it to people's attention and that's when right. people started talking when you talk about for example there's Malala who talked about she was shot by a by a Taliban a few years ago and she was talking about how education is so important and it's so important to educate girls that came in the forefront you know when you talk about gun control in the US it's it was led by teenagers students and the black lives matter the movement it was just if if this young girl the teenager again who had a, just a cell phone taking a picture shooting that you know taking that video of of George Floyd perhaps none of this would have happened so i think the more people talk about it the more people will be aware and the the more they will be able to do something about it yeah absolutely such great examples of how powerful our youth can be. Absolutely. And that's why Youth Underground, when we talk about when people say youth of tomorrow, they're leaders of tomorrow. I, I mean, I genuinely feel they're today's leaders because they have so oh, much yeah. to say. You just have to listen to what, what young people have to say and, and, and give them that space and, and, and that respect. And, and you'll see that we have a lot to learn. As adults, we have a lot yeah. to learn from, from the youth. So that's what Youth Underground yeah. is really all about yeah love that i've heard it said before that sunlight is the best disinfectant how true that is in so many ways and especially when we talk about the evil covert act of trafficking the more we talk about it and shine a light on it the more we help to uncover this trade so let's get talking Share this show with friends and ask them to listen. Post online something that you learned today. Talk to your kids about grooming and tricky people. And of course, tune back in for part two next week where Rasha and I are talking more about what we can do to help fight this issue. In the meantime, you can find the links to connect with Rasha and I in the show notes. And that's also where you'll find the link to shop all things paper culture. Don't forget about leaving a rating and a review for the show while you're over there and also subscribing. Subscribing is important so you can easily find my show again in the future and also so you know when new episodes are available. All you have to do is click the subscribe button and it's free to do. Just one click and you're done. You'll be notified next week when part two with Rasha is live. And so until then, empower the youth in your life with the knowledge that they need. Find ways to shine a light on the evil injustice of slavery and keep seeking to get enlightened. Peace out.